0: Welcome back, beautiful people. I'm Dr. John Lakey, and this is Forever Young. Dr. Daniel Poor is out operating today, and so I will try to make up for it. Uh, First of all, I want to thank all of our listeners and viewers uh, for sending in your questions and requests, because that's really how we uh, form these podcasts. And the idea is that uh, we want to teach you what you want to learn. So today we've got a very interesting topic. I think um, it's been seen more so in the news now more than the last two decades, um, and that's the reversal trend. The idea is in the eighties, nineties, and even the two thousands, people were augmenting. Everything was getting bigger, uh, more drastic changes, and now I think that there is a reversal trend. The idea is that uh, you know not only was there the trend of having more natural looks but now it's kind of looking at what we can do to reverse what's been done. And I'll kind of go through some of the uh, the ideas and options that we have today currently at our disposal, some of the things that can't be reversed. And so these are really, uh, there are some questions that you need to ask yourself on, you know, what is going to happen if I undergo this procedure, and we look short-term and long-term. I'll also give you some tips on what to look for in a surgeon uh, when we are looking at some of these reversal trends, as well as getting a procedure done in the first place. Um, I do want to preface the entire conversation by saying that uh, some things can never be restored back to the way they were before. Um, but there are ways that we can make for a, uh, a, a to approach pre-surgical, uh, you know, optics. And so the idea is, you know, hang, hang with me, uh, bear with me. We're going to kind of go through this outside in, top to bottom, and uh, hopefully you can learn a little something today. So I do want to start off by saying that one of the most commonly administered procedures uh, that we have are injectables. And that means, in the form of Botox, whether it's Botox itself or with some of the analogs like Dysport, uh, Juveau, um, you know, Zeman. These are all, and now there's a new one, Daxify. Um, the idea is that Botox or its uh, any of these uh, neuromodulators cannot be reversed, and so when you undergo this particular procedure. Um, You know, I understand some of us, listen, we have to be uh, budget conscious and cost conscious, but the idea is you want to make sure that the person that you go to is trained well. Um, Listen, ideally, you would love for someone to be board certified plastic surgeon. It's not always the case. And, you know, so I would say that um, to having a very experienced nurse practitioner or nurse injector that's been doing this for a little while, what's a little while, I would say, have them have at least uh, have done this for at least a year. Um, and the idea is when you talk to them, uh, you have to you need to ask if they perform the same injections on every single patient or if they tailor it to the individual. Because a pattern that you see on a piece of paper can be applied to most individuals. However, If you're improperly applying it to someone who doesn't normally fall under that, you know that muscular pattern or doesn't quite has has uh, an asymmetry to begin with, you're going to wind up with some issues. And so the goal would be that we're going to really try to uh, find someone who's skilled in uh, in these injectable neuromodulators. Now, the second most common, obviously, is injectable filler. Same thing applies. Um, There are provided recommendations on where we can add fillers. Uh, You can deviate from those when you're an advanced injector, but the idea is that if we are lifting a cheek or filling a tear trough or filling out the temporal region, uh, even injecting lips, these all come with their own set of potential issues. Now, the good part is if you are using an FDA-approved hyaluronic acid filler, these can be reversed. So, again, I just want to clarify with you, Botox or any of the neuromodulators cannot be reversed, whereas injectable fillers can, depending on what it is. There's a couple that cannot, which is uh, Radiesse, um, and that is a a, a separate type of uh, filler, and that is, uh, you know, calcium hydroxyapatite, and that is something that we really can't reverse, even though we've tried steroid injections and all kinds of things, sometimes uh, you, can, you, you can shrink the amount that you've added, but, uh, you know, that essentially forms a, a mimics, a type of bone that's placed into a deeper layer. So, you know, just starting from outside in, uh, you know, Botox and fillers. When we talk about surgical trends that need to be reversed, now remember, when you undergo the knife, um, it's, You know, it's much easier to remove pieces than it is to add them back. And so the idea for us is when we make incisions or we do procedures, the idea is to hide uh, and camouflage every single scar. You don't want anyone to see that you've had anything done. Um, So it's not as easy to reverse these things because you can't just add skin in between uh, because where we hide these patterns... Uh, you know, follow normal anatomic planes. So let's go from top to bottom, uh, you know, and these are some of the things that were asked by some of the listeners. And so they wanted to know, um, you know, again, we're starting top to bottom, we'll go through body part, and I'll tell you what can and cannot be reversed. So let's start with hair transplantation. The idea is, does it look natural? Well, for years and years, we've performed uh, follicular unit transplantation, but that was the strip phenomenon where we would take a strip of hair, separate the follicles, and kind of place them uh, in groups. Uh, We used to call them, they look like cornrows, and that can have a very unnatural appearance. Can that be reversed? It cannot. The idea is, uh, you know, when you remove those groupings of hair, it will leave little bits of scar. But what you can do, again, I'm going to teach you some things where you can slowly make something look a little more natural. Now we have single follicular unit extraction. And so what that is, is uh, whether it's robotically done or using a specific machine, you can remove a single hair follicle, which is then divided in anywhere from one to four different pieces. And we can place these individually around some of those previous unnatural-looking cornrows, Um, and so we can make a a hairline look much more natural just using this new technique. So um, that is for hair transplantation. Now, this new fox eye trend where we are taking a incision that's in the temporal region of the hairline, and we're kind of slanting up the eyebrow uh, so it has a very exotic look. Now we've had these types of trends before in the past where um you know we had the ski slope nose uh you know there are all kinds of different things that we've done that we've tried to reverse and it becomes extremely difficult. This is a uh, you know this is a, a a difficult one to reverse because um you know the idea is we are uh, creating more scar tissue. So we lift Usually, we will uh, suture fixate, which means we'll take stitches, we'll advance the brow in an upward direction, and then we tack it down. And so the the real goal is we use scar tissue to our advantage, and uh, it scars into the new position. Now, you could go in and try to release the stitch and release all the scar tissue, uh, and that is a a way you can do it. It's just I think you're going to run into some contour irregularities, or you may— um, so I don't know that this is a procedure that's going to be as easily reversed as you would like it to be. So think long and hard uh, You know, when we're young and we look at uh, you know, these photos and you want that exotic model-esque type of look, it doesn't really fit everyone. And sometimes um, the idea is we can't just uh, lift the tail end of the brow. Sometimes you need to lift the entire brow. So it's just definitely something to consider. We'll work our way down. Uh, Eyelid surgery. So upper eyelid surgery. Can we reverse this? Listen, um, one of the complications of over-resecting or taking too much of the eyelid skin is that you're unable to close your eye. And the treatment for that is actually taking a skin graft from the opposite eyelid or from the clavicle region or the side of the face and trying to uh, add in extra skin. Now... What does that do? It creates more scar. Now, uh, so this is one of those things where if you are considering eyelid surgery, I do want you to find a board-certified facial plastic surgeon or a board-certified plastic surgeon that is experienced in eyelid surgery because um, they will know the appropriate amount of skin to take on each particular patient. When it comes to lower eyelid surgery, I think um, you know th- i don 't know that anyone 's going to really want to reverse that trend, although I just had a case this last week on a gentleman that underwent lower eyelid surgery and they made an incision directly under the eyelid uh, under the um, the uh, eyelid margin. And it created, you know, we almost called the Kenny Rogers effect, a rounded type of lower eye, uh, which tends to be a little more feminine. And so we had to correct that by doing something called a canthoplasty and canthopexy, where we actually shorten the lower lid and tack it up to the side. So it, uh, you know, creates a nice straight uh, margin as opposed to having that rounded area. So um, it becomes increasingly difficult to reverse some of these uh, issues. So, again, um, you know, when we are talking about eyelid surgery, you need to go to someone who's not only board, board certified, but someone who's extremely experienced in complex eyelid surgery because uh, you need to know the anatomy and what the potential pitfalls are. Don't go anywhere. Dr. Daniel Poor and I will be back after this break. Moving our way down, when we talk about facelifting, uh, you know, I I've heard this in the past. Depending on the technique, where someone wished that they would not have done it because they look uh, overdone, that windblown tunnel look, um, you know, that was a technique that was done in the early '80s and '90s, where we really d- did a skin-only excision, and what that means is. You pull the skin as tightly as you can, and, uh, the, you know, it smooths out some of the wrinkles. It can create a, a tighter jawline, but it also distorts the normal anatomy. So that's where people, um, you know, it's the, the eyelid was pulled to the side. The smile was pulled tighter. Uh, you saw abnormal creases from the neck onto the face. And so this is extremely difficult to correct. Now, sometimes using a newer technique, we can re-rotate the skin. We can um, try to camouflage some of those areas. But again, this is where you also want to go to a board-certified plastic surgeon that's experienced in face and neck lifting surgery. These are some of the, the procedures that it becomes a little more challenging to reverse. Same thing applies for the neck. When we look at rhinoplasty or nasal surgery, or nose job, um, this is one of, the, <laughs> one of the most difficult procedures for trying to uh, reverse. I have many patients that come to me that uh, underwent a rhinoplasty in the 80s and 90s and they had a ski slope uh, profile and it just looks, or a very pinch tip, and it just looks very uh, unnatural. And so the idea is, in order to restore the natural bridge of the nose, or we call it the dorsum. So oftentimes we have to use rib cartilage, or cadaver rib cartilage, or uh, a little piece of what's called temporal fascia in the scalp. Uh, you know, we have to rob Peter to pay Paul in order to make this look more natural. So um, you know, again, this is, Another one of those uh, uh, procedures where you need to go to a board-certified plastic surgeon that's experienced in rhinoplasty, part of the rhinoplasty society, because they have to do a certain number of those each year to be a member. So whoever does your nose, you have to make sure that they do a lot of them. Because um, you know most board-certified plastic surgeons experienced in rhinoplasty will not create something off of a trend. They want to create something that is going to be uh, a universal, uh, universally aesthetic that will stand the test of time. Implants in the face. Now, once an implant is placed, usually we consider these permanent. Um, the There was a large trend, especially in the early 2000s of people undergoing facial implants. Um, it, it, I feel that they work well in the short term But we have to think long-term as well. You lose facial fat. And as you, you know, listen, a a facial implant can look great in your uh, late 30s and 40s. But once you're into your 60s, you know, those facial implants become more visible because you lose most of the facial fat. You've lost collagen and elastin. And now, uh, you, you know, you have sagging skin around a hardened implant that will not move. The only one that I think would be, uh, you know, is is the most beneficial is a chin implant, and that one also is permanent. It will help you as you age. Um, it, and when we talk about the reversal process, removing these implants can be, uh, you know, a, a little challenging. Facial implants can be removed, but remember, uh, at that point, you have you're losing volume in the face. It may make you look older. Um, Removing a chin implant, that's going to be one of the easiest things there is. I just don't uh, see a reason for it unless, uh, you know, the chin implant placed was too large and you just need to downsize. So let's talk about lip, uh, lip augmentation, lip injections. Um, As far as the reversal trend, we see a huge trend to try to make the lips look more natural. Um, two weeks ago, I just operated on a patient that had silicone placed uh, you know, early 2000s, and it has migrated, so the lip was distorted, it looked very abnormal, and so we actually had to cut that out. So imagine making an incision on both the upper and lower lip, removing that product as well as the extra skin. Now, can it be reversed? Yes, it can, but it becomes much more challenging. If the silicone was injected deeper into the lip, that cannot be removed because there are uh, many important nerves that cause uh, facial animation in, to, in the lips. And so we don't want to distort your smile or eliminate a portion of your smile. So, you know, anything injected into the lips should be a hyaluronic acid. That is it. Fat could be another option, but those are really the only two. The good part about hyaluronic acid is we inject hyaluronidase. As I said before, fillers can be reversed if they are hyaluronic acid fillers. Fat becomes a little more difficult. It lasts much longer, but, uh, you know, sometimes we have to inject dilute steroids, sometimes 5-fluorouracil, all things that will destroy normal tissue. Um, So we really have to be careful. So when you're getting these procedures done, you have to keep this Uh, thought in the back of your mind. Now let's move down to breast implants. I know that there, especially in the news now, there has been such a concern and frenzy over breast implant illness, capsule contracture, all kinds of things that are associated with placing breast implants. The reason why breast implants are different than hardened facial implants, like a chin augmentation, is because they are soft. They contain a cohesive gel as opposed to a hardened silicone implant. And the body normally uh, walls off a, anything foreign with a thin balloon around it. When that balloon uh, scars and turns, you know into the rind of a cantaloupe, that's when it's called capsular contracture. And the breast itself can become distorted, becomes very hardened. And ultimately can be painful. And so this is where these uh, options, you know the breast can be removed. Now, I see a very large trend in the reversal part, it, where we have two separate options. One, removing the implant and simply performing a lift if it's necessary. When you're younger and you decide to use uh, remove your implants, you can remove the implant. Uh, and the only negative uh, uh, factor is that you have the scar from the placement and removal of the implant. If you have no breast tissue whatsoever, obviously, that's when we have to start looking at some alternatives. It, as if, if you do have breast tissue and the breast uh, after the implant has been removed or you're considering removing the implant, the idea would be that we need to tailor the skin and the soft tissue around it. So most patients now will undergo a breast implant removal and then a lift in order to recreate the breast. Uh, This is one viable option. The second is fat transfer. So we remove the implant and we perform liposuction, we process that fat and we inject it back into the breast. So as far as a reversal trend, I see these uh, increasing popularity because the fat transfer is much more natural, um, and it can look like a natural breast. So we can remove implants depending on the size and replace it with fat. So that is definitely an option. When we start thinking about, uh, you know, I, I can't imagine a reason why you want to reverse any uh, type of abdominoplasty, um, because that is really where we're removing extra skin. It's most commonly associated with weight loss or with pregnancy. Um, and so I can't uh, see a reason why we would want to reverse that. Um, the, the one thing that has become you know uh, very difficult over the last several uh, decades is uh, the complications that can be associated with liposuction. Now, A true liposuction expert will know that they have to stay in a certain plane when they're removing fat. Believe it or not, even those individuals that look shredded, if you were to cut through the skin, there's a thin layer of fat. It's a very healthy layer, and it may not have to be thick, but it supplies nutrients to the skin. When someone performs liposuction, especially on a thin individual, and they get very close to the skin we get what's called the Terra effect. I'm sure all of you have seen those images with a rippling associated on the stomach because they tried taking every last little bit of fat underneath the skin. The problem with doing that, one, is we distort the texture of the skin. And two, you remember, when we're performing liposuction, we are not evenly removing, a, there's no instrument that evenly removes the fat. That is all technique. Uh, it is a long cannula, so a thin cylindrical uh, cannula that you have to uh, repeatedly advance and retract hundreds of times in order to remove tiny little cylinders of fat. If you have one access point, meaning one incision, you will get contour irregularities because you are essentially removing fat from one direction. That's why we always like to do what's called triangulation. We try to have multiple incisions. So the reversing, the untoward effects of liposuction uh, can be extremely difficult, if not near impossible. Now, there are uh, some uh, cadaver fat substitutes where we can inject fat into the area, but that would be extremely cost prohibitive. So if you have small areas that need fixing, this is definitely an option. Um, If you have an entire abdomen, Uh, Again, I think the only way that you can consider smoothing out some of the contour irregularities is by performing another large procedure, such as an abdominoplasty or tummy tuck, because you're trying to take skin that looks like an accordion or cobblestone, uh, have a cobblestone appearance, and smooth that out. And the only way to do that is really to stretch the skin as tightly as you can. One other area that I think uh, is really popular right now, um, you know, in the last decade, uh, the BBL or Brazilian butt lift, that was where we would perform 360 degree liposuction. We'd process the fat and place it into the buttocks to create sometimes massive buttocks. Um, And and this was an extremely popular trend. um, So much so that a task force was developed because there were it was uh, it had the highest death rate. People were injecting into the muscle of the buttocks, and unfortunately, they were cannulating inside some of the larger arteries, and uh, this was this was causing uh, you know a, a pulmonary emboli or vascular events or things like that. So a task force had to be uh, developed in order to uh, show the safest way of performing these procedures. Well, now, uh, you know, you'll know you notice even in the, the Kardashians, we see a reduction in the amount uh, or the volume in the buttocks. The problem with this, so listen, if you underwent a silicone implant, which alone are wrought with complications from rotating to causing uh, acquired deformities, and from the scarring, uh, you remove those, and again you're it's like a deflated balloon, so where does that skin go? The buttock drops um, when you add volume to the buttocks, you're stretching that skin, and so the real way to uh, eliminate not only is to perform liposuction of the buttocks uh but also you would have to remove the extra skin now this comes with its own price, and that is. Large scars that are at the very top of the buttock uh, in order to lift the butt back to where it was before. So, again, undergoing these procedures, you have to think not only about the short term, but you have to look long term as well. And you need to discuss this with your surgeon. So, what are the potential options? Uh, or, so, I'll give you some tips when you're speaking to your surgeon. I think. One of the most important questions that you should have. Obviously, we want to talk about board certification. We want to talk about experience in the procedures. We want to see pre- and post-op photos because you want to make sure that the surgeon is experienced and has done a lot of them and that they do good work. You want to take a look and evaluate and make sure that this is the aesthetic that you are looking for. But lastly, one of the most important questions that you should be asking that is often overlooked. What are the long-term ramifications or complications or uh, outcomes associated with these procedures? These are things that you need to ask because, again, when we look at placing extremely large implants, gravity will win. So what happens to the breast? It either has a complication because the implant is far too large for uh, the anatomy or it drops, and the skin it cannot hold a large implant for over a, a, an extended period of time. So the larger your implant is, you are guaranteed to have a procedure done, usually a lift. Uh, when it comes to buttock uh, you know, uh, augmentation or, or Brazilian butt lifts, you have to ask, what happens in 10 years when this massive amount of volume is placed into the buttocks? What is going to happen? Will the butt sag? Of course, it will. Gravity will always take over. And so, anytime you add more weight or volume to an area, gravity will affect that. And sometimes people can see that relatively shortly thereafter surgery, even if it's a year, because again, weight and gravity <laughs> do not bode well for skin and soft tissue. So, again, these are things that you need to look for. My recommendation, obviously board certification, look at the experience, look at before and after photos and then ask what are if any are any long-term complications or consequences of undergoing that particular procedure. You ask those you know you you ask those appropriate questions and I think uh, you know you're you'll be better prepared Uh, For the future, you'll be better prepared for a particular operation, and it will give you the option to go slightly smaller or you know, uh, um, alter your plan ever so slightly so you can avoid some of these things. I think that's about it. Moving from head to toe, uh, you know, the idea here is that, uh, you know, again, you want to be well-educated before you undergo a procedure. If you are looking for a reversal trend, I've gone over some of the things, um, that can and cannot be reversed. Some of the things that are going to be extremely difficult to reverse. And, uh, in those instances, such as facelifting, lifting, neck lifting, rhinoplasty surgery, and eyelid surgery, you definitely need to go to someone who's experienced, uh, in those areas because, um, you know, they're very complex. Same thing with complications with breast surgery. If you are removing implants, I know that there are surgeons out there that are preying on individuals that have fears of breast implant illness and, and, uh, you know, the whole trend towards unblocked capsulectomy, which is removing the entire scar tissue. Um, And so, but you have to look at the potential complications of removing your implants. uh, And what happens after uh, removing the capsule The surgeon has to be, uh, you know, well-educated, well-experienced in what your options are afterwards. So, listen, I hope you learned something today. Again, I hope you guys, uh, you know, will keep sending in your questions. And uh, we definitely enjoy the feedback that we've received. Uh, Once again, this is Forever Young. I'm Dr. John Lakey. You can listen to your podcast on Apple Podcasts.